Section 3 of How a British Subject Became President of the United States by Arthur P. Hinman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Erastus Chandler of Stanbridge East, formerly Upper Mills, Canada, remembers William Arthur when he first came to Stanbridge, went to school to him. He was a lame Irishman and inclined to drink, but was a splendid penman. He landed in this country at Three Rivers, and his first school was at Stanbridge. I think it was about 1819. I was about fifteen years of age the first time he was here, and about twenty-five years of age the second time. I know he married George Washington Stone's daughter, Methodist priest, do not have any knowledge of their children. I remember two years he lived at Dunham. I know that he came direct here after he landed in this country from Three Rivers. I have heard him say so. Joseph Baker of Dunham Flats, P.Q., remembers going to school to William Arthur about 1819 and 1821, remembers his marriage, and went across the line to get married, run away, and when they returned lived in the upper part of a house belonging to his, Baker's, relatives. He was the favored pupil of his teacher, and when the first child was born, the teacher, William Arthur, took him to see the baby. It was a girl, and was called Regina. He was treated at the time by the teacher to a glass of whiskey in honor of the baby. William Arthur lived some years at Dunham Flats, but don't know where he moved after that. His teacher, William Arthur, was lame. While at Dunham, he went to a camp meeting on some lake and got converted, and afterward heard he became a Baptist priest in the States. The way his feet were lamed was, as William Arthur stated to him, that something fell on his feet when a child and crushed them. St. Armand Station, Province of Quebec, Canada, December 21, 1880, Mr. A. P. Hinman. Dear Sir, I received a letter from you, the 18th instant, asking me if one of my teachers in Stanbridge was named William Arthur. I answer, yes. The first time he kept our school was between 1816 and 1820. He was not married at that time. He left and was away between ten and twelve years, then returned and kept our school, I think one year. It is so long ago that I cannot say positively. He was married the last time that he kept our school, but did not bring his family there. He was a Baptist minister and used to preach occasionally. If what I have written is not satisfactory, you had better write to Erastus Chandler of Stanbridge East Village, province of Quebec, Canada. He is older than I and probably can give you more information than I can. Yours respectfully, Luther Burley. Protho Notary's Office, Sweetsburg, 7th January, 1881. A.P. Hinman, Esquire, New York. Sir, I have just completed an exhaustive search in the archives of our office from 1819 to 1835 inclusive, and I have found only one entry in the register of the civil status for the year 1822. It is very possible that the different ministers of Dunham Flats, Sutton, and Stanbridge have neglected during these years to deposit the duplicates of their registers. I think your proper course now would be to inquire of the present incumbents of the places above mentioned. They must have the duplicates. 
I enclose a certificate of birth and baptism of Regina Malvina, one of Arthur's daughters, and also one dollar and ten cents. The searches have cost one dollar and seventy cents, and the certificates forty cents, and you paid me three dollars twenty cents. Hoping you will be more successful in other quarters, I am, sir, yours truly, C. Boucher, Department P.S.C. Stanbridge, East Quebec, Canada, January 1st, 1881. Arthur P. Hinman, Esquire. Dear Sir, your letter to the rector of the Baptist Church in Stanbridge Ridge was handed to me by the postmaster, because at present I am preaching in the vacant house previously occupied by the church in question. In reply to your inquiry, I may say that previous to 1840, all duplicates of registers of baptisms, marriages, and burials performed in the then district of Montreal were deposited with the prothonotary of the district of Montreal in Montreal. But on the division of the district and the erection of the district of Bedford, I am informed all such records of acts performed within the district of Bedford were sent to the prothonotary of the district at Sweetsburg, where they can be examined and copies obtained for twenty-five cents each, if I am correctly informed. I have heard it said by the older people that previous to Mr. Arthur taking orders as a Baptist elder, he held an official position in the Episcopal Church in Dunham, where he lived for some time. And if any of his children were born and baptized in Canada, it must have been before he became a Baptist elder, as Baptists do not baptize their children. The records of such act will be found in the original register with the rector at Dunham, unless destroyed at the burning of the rectory some years ago, and if so, they can be found in duplicate at the prothonotary's office at Sweetsburg. Hoping that this may fully answer your inquiry, with compliments of the season, I am, sir, yours faithfully, Samuel Jackson, Minister, Methodist Church, Canada. State of New York, City and County of New York. George Fornerit being duly sworn, says that he resides at Dunham, in the province of Quebec, that he is rector of All Saints Church, Dunham, province of Quebec, and he has examined the parochial register of marriages and baptisms kept at said church, that he finds there recorded on the twelfth day of April, 1821, the marriage of William Arthur and Malvina Stone, and on the thirty-first day of March, 1822, the baptism of Regina Malvina, daughter of William and Malvina Arthur, of Dunham, born the eighth instant, that the annexed exhibits marked A and B are true copies of the entries in said parish register. And deponent further says that he verily believes that the parish register examined by him is the parish register kept at the dates above mentioned, and that the entries of which the annexed are copies are original entries in said register. George Fornerit, sworn to before me this 14th day of January, 1881, P. F. Spencer, Notary Republic, Kings County, New York, Certificate Filed, New York County. A. On this 12th of April, 1821, William Arthur, of full age, schoolmaster, and Malvina Stone, under age, spinster, both of Dunham, were married after publication of bans, with consent of parents, in presence of the following persons by me, signed, Charles C. Cotton, minister, William Arthur, Malvina Stone, Almeda Stone, Alexander Brown, 
true copy of an entry in the parish register of all saints church dunham province of quebec george fornerert rector durham province of quebec this twenty-eighth day of december eighteen hundred and eighty b on this thirty-first of march eighteen hundred and twenty-two regina malvina daughter of william and malvina arthur of dunham schoolmaster born the eighth instant was baptized this day in presence of the following persons by me signed charles c cotton minister william arthur malvina arthur james stone true copy of an entry in the parish register of all saints church dunham province of quebec george ferneret rector dunham province of quebec this twenty-eighth day of december eighteen hundred and eighty province of quebec district of bedford extract from the register of the acts of baptism marriage and burials of the episcopal congregation of the church of england at dunham for the year one thousand eight hundred and twenty two on this thirty-first of march one thousand eight hundred and twenty two regina malvina daughter of william and malvina arthur of dunham schoolmaster born the eighth instant was baptized this day in presence of the following persons by me signed charles c cotton minister william arthur malvina arthur james stone david brown i the undersigned deputy prothonotary of the superior court in and for the said district of bedford do hereby certify that the following is true extracts from the register of acts of baptism marriage and burials of the said episcopal congregation of the church of england at dunham in said district the said register deposited in the office of the prothonotary of the superior court given at sweetberg the twenty eighth of december one thousand eight hundred and eighty l s c boucher deputy prothonotary superior court to a j howard esq county clerk of chittenden county vermont please search in your office for records of births and deaths of children to the following persons william arthur malvina arthur from january first eighteen twenty two to january first eighteen forty one and certify results for a p hinman attorney etc number eight wall street new york city new york dated january twenty eighth eighteen eighty one state of vermont chittenden county a j howard clerk of said chittenden county hereby certifies that there are no records of birth marriages and deaths required to be kept by county clerks in this state and that there are no such records in my office in testimony whereof i have hereunto set my hand and affixed the seal of said county at burlington this first day of february a d eighteen eighty one a j howard clerk st armand february second eighteen eighty one mr a p henman sir your letter of the twenty fifth january addressed to rector of the baptist church st armand missacoy county province of quebec was given to me as the individual indicated in answer to your request i reply that no pastor of the baptist church in st armand previous to eighteen forty three was legally qualified to keep and use registers for recording marriages births baptisms and deaths Hence there can be no records of births, etc., of the family of Rev. William Arthur, in keeping by this church. Baptist churches always keep a book of records of the doings of the church, in which the names of her own pastors appear, 
and usually also incidentally the names of pastors of adjacent churches i have searched the records of the baptist church in st armand from eighteen twenty three to eighteen forty three and the name of the reverend william arthur cannot be found therein i have also searched the records of the second baptist church in richford vermont in these i find his name appearing as shown in the following extracts april twenty sixth eighteen twenty eight a church received a request from waterville church to send brethren to set in council to examine brother william arthur for ordination and the church appointed brethren a stone jeremiah james a c bannister january seventeenth eighteen twenty nine voted to employ elder william arthur one-eighth part of the time for one year these extracts will show his whereabouts at that time i have also called upon deacon mitchell stone of brickshire vermont a cousin of mrs malvina arthur he informs that he lived near malvina stone subsequently mrs arthur during the first fourteen years of her life and that he visited her when a mother in the township of fairfield vermont mr stone is in his eighty-first year and cannot remember the date of this visit these are the facts bearing upon this subject that i am now able to give and it is facts i am aware not speculations that you desire as i live on the border richford vermont is my nearest post office yours truly arnold l arms richford franklin county vermont to the town clerk of waterville lamoyle county vermont please search in your office for records of births and deaths of the children to the following persons william arthur malvina arthur from january first eighteen twenty two to january first eighteen forty one and certify results for a p hinman attorney number eight wall street new york city dated new york january seventh eighteen eighty one new york waterville february second eighteen eighty one i do not find any record of any of the above family e s shattuck town clerk north enosborough january fourth eighteen eighty one hon a p hinman dear sir i received yours of december twenty seventh in reply will say that i cannot tell the number of children william arthur had at the time he resided in waterville but i think he had two or three at the time he came to fairfield i was acquainted with him in waterville and helped move him to fairfield leonard w leach p s i received your note after some delays it went to the wrong office leonard w leach st albans vermont may nineteenth eighteen eighty two a p hinman sir my sister mrs harmon northrop jr has placed in my hands a letter from you which may have been intended for her or my mother with a request that i answer my father harmon northrop aged eighty six and my mother aged eighty-three were both acquainted with elder william arthur but not with any of the family nearly a year ago in conversation with leonard w leach of north enosboro i found that he knew more of the elder than any one i have met and i will give you a few notes or extracts taken at that time mr leach went to waterville vermont in may eighteen twenty eight and brought mrs arthur her baby boy and three girls in his wagon and john sherman father of e w sherman of montgomery took his team and brought the elder and the household effects william arthur came first to st john's p q then to dunham then to williston vermont then to essex vermont studied law and practised some then to waterville vermont 
where he was ordained then to fairfield while in fairfield took a school in stanbridge p q family did not go there new church in north fairfield was dedicated in the fall of eighteen twenty eight reverend b h wooster congregant my grandfather was present and assisted resident alva sabin baptist overnight here now living and at one time m c resides west can get address was also present and if you have not written him you should do so for information perhaps the family of deacon farmsworth of fairfax vermont may give you information also dr sylvester case of brandon vermont should you write mr leach i think it would be well to put your inquiries in form of direct questions also the impression was current that at the time of your visit to fairfield that your mission was not friendly to mr arthur now our president and perhaps in order to get these people to investigate closely they may wish to know that you are pursuing this matter by the wish of the arthur family also there is a mrs burleson at east fairfield vermont also the stone family of berkshire the latter relatives of mrs william arthur mrs h northrop jr leaves for the west in a few days my mother's sight has failed and i have nothing more yours joseph northrop i always resided in fairfield until six months since ezra wright sherman of montgomery center franklin county vermont a farmer went to school to william arthur in the fairfield vermont says he will be sixty-seven years old in january eighteen eighty one went on one occasion with william arthur in november eighteen thirty to get a school to teach in dunham but was too late remembers at that time that william arthur had one and perhaps two girls and a boy he remembered the abel brothers luther calvin and chester abel and that the boy born in fairfield vermont was named after one of them dr chester abel and was known as chester abel arthur he remember of reverend william arthur saying in his presence in school one day to luther abel luther your hide or mine will soon have to come to the collar beam the teachers william arthur old horse died in two weeks after and luther said to him e w s i guess the teacher's hide was collared the beam first ezra wright sherman also showed me an account book kept as he said by his father in which was an account with william arthur while he lived in fairfield vermont it set forth the first item moving william arthur to fairfield in may eighteen twenty eight and the last item was dated january eighteen thirty two the most part was store bills paid by my e w s father for william arthur's account i had been informed that e w s had written an article about the arthur family in the rutland herald and globe newspaper and asked him if he was the author he said not but that dr c l case who was stopping at two eighty fourth avenue new york city was the author and that his dr case's mother was also present when chester abel arthur was born in fairfield vermont she was seventeen years old at that time also referred me to erastus chandler above stanbridge mrs adams and mrs stricker he e w s is the cousin of the wife of ormond bradley of fairfield vermont and a lawyer 
284th Avenue, New York, December 27, 1880. A.P. Hinman, dear sir. Yours of today is received. I regret that I have not a copy of the article referred to in regard to the birth and childhood of General Arthur. Being at Saratoga at the time of the nomination, I hastily wrote what I did, and did not think it of importance enough to order any papers containing it. I have but one copy, and that is at my home in Brandon, Vermont. I expect to return next week, and will furnish any information desired, or will copy the article and send it on my arrival home. At the time of General Arthur's birth I was a lad of ten years of age, my parents living nearest neighbors to General Arthur's family, and my memory is very clear in regard to the circumstances of his birth and of the history of the family during the father's pastorate at Fairfield, Vermont. Dr. Arthur's eldest daughter, Mrs. R. M. Caw, lives at 27 Clinton Avenue, Albany, New York. Since my stay in the city I have had two letters from her relating to the reminiscences of our childhood. Respectfully yours, C. L. Case. Dear Sir, the writing on the back side of this was prepared last fall for the paper, but as there were several articles appeared the week before, I never sent it. I will send it with a few explanations. I have seen several of the old neighbors that say he moved from Dunham to Waterville and from there to Fairfield. I have heard from his own mouth all I know of him. His father was Irish and his mother Scotch. He was educated in Edinburgh and studied law and practiced after he came to Canada. He was dissipated when he first came to Canada, but was reformed and converted and was at first a free-will Baptist, but after that he joined the close communion Baptists, and remained so long as I knew him. He had three daughters, older than Chester, Regina, Jane, and Almeida. The dates of their birth and place of birth I cannot give. Instead of my attending school I recited to Elder Arthur, as he was called. He maintained the most rigid government in his family. This is correct, as nearly as I can remember, Yours truly, M. H. Bliss. Swanton, October 1, 1881. Dear Editor, As there has been much written and said lately of the birthplace and parentage of President Arthur, I thought I would write you what I know of the matter. In the winter of the year 1829 I boarded at the house of Reverend William Arthur and attended school. They lived at the time in a small framed house, and not in a log cabin, as was stated at the time of his nomination in Chicago. Chester Abel was then an infant in the cradle, and I then supposed was named for the family physician, although it is now stated that he was named Chester Allen after a relative of his mother's. His father had moved here a year or two previous from Dunham, Canada where he married a Miss Melvina Stone. I can well remember her as a large, lively, good-natured woman, who was very much esteemed by all her acquaintances. He had three daughters older than Chester. He was a hard-shell Baptist in the strictest sense of the word, and was earnest and enthusiastic in preaching its doctrines, especially that of immersion. He and the Reverend Benjamin Wooster, the Congregationalist minister in Fairfield, at that time, had long and heated debate in the pulpit. Mr. Arthur preached one sermon four hours long, 
and many disbelievers of the doctrine became so weary and excited that they got up their teams put whip to their horses and were never seen there again but the reverend cared but little for this and i am sure that if the president is as rigid in his belief as his father was he will stick to what he believes to be right if all the powers in the united states should be hurled against him little did i think as i rocked that cradle the occupant would some day become the president of the united states but i probably dreamed as much of it then as he did one short year ago but it is certain that no one can tell what is in store for him for sure some unknown hand shapes our destiny m h b end of section 3 recording by kevin davidson www.blogordie.com